The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Welcome to Child Free Media Presents, a mini-series. I'm Lenora Fay, and in this series, I sit down with my good friend V, and we discuss the important role that self-care plays in our lives as child-free women. In this series, we'll be going over five key points, starting with family, dealing with grief, exploring relationships, our mental health and wellness, and treating ourselves. All right, so for this this next segment, we're gonna talk about how to deal with family and save yourself. Um, <laughs> using self-care. Uh, all right, so is there anything specific you wanna kick off this conversation with? Ooh, um, it's kind of another tough conversation because I personally went through a dysfunctional family mm. and my mother was not equipped to raise us as best she could. So my first interaction with understanding self-care was when I was about six or seven. I was at school and maybe the school nurse or the teacher brought myself and my sister into the bathroom and told us to wash up. Ooh, okay. Didn't understand why it was happening, but I think I eventually figured it out. We were not taught self-care as kids. So somebody else had to do it. And that is polarizing. Yeah. I didn't understand what was going on, but I knew I had to, they wanted me to take a a wash up in the sink. And I'm like, why are they doing this? And I don't think that they told me why. And I don't think I figured it out until later. So I had to figure that out as a little girl. And growing into puberty and everything, I think my extended family kind of helped usher me into it because my mom, she, her own self-care was unfortunately by the wayside because she was struggling with mental illness. Um, so I had to figure it out through immediate family, through maybe watching my sister, um, needing to take a bath, needing to change your underwear, needing to eventually wear a bra. Mm-hmm. I never got the sex talk or the menstruation talk or anything. That is something else I had to figure out regarding self-care. My family didn't do it because I don't mm-hmm. think my aunts told me about that specifically. Yeah. I don't even know how I figured out that I needed to wear a pad. I think I just wow did. Yeah. Because nobody told me. Yeah. So I had no point of reference for okay. self-care growing up. I really had to figure it out on the fly, especially when kids are talking about how bad you smell and mm. how bad you look. Yeah. You know, you don't understand why, but then you mm-hmm. figure it out. And then that's kind of when things change. So I would say I really got on top of it maybe when I was 12 or 13. Okay. But before then, I don't really think I had an understanding a full understanding because nobody taught me and I kind of knew about it by my like I said my immediate family they kind of took over the reins but Mm -hmm. then I think maybe as I hit puberty and started coming into my own as a teenager a a young woman 
and also getting like a part-time or a summer job, that's when things changed and I understood the need for self-care, like consistent yeah. self-care. Gotta take a shower, gotta take a bath, gotta change your clothes, gotta go to the laundromat. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really just sad. It's really sad looking back on it that that had to be the way we were introduced to it. At school, somebody had to say, okay, these kids stink. Yeah. Somebody, we got to give them a bath or fit, teach them what they need to do. Very embarrassing. And again, I didn't know what was really going on. I didn't understand it until now at my mm -hmm. big age. It's like, oh, wow, nobody taught us. Mom didn't teach us. She was supposed to teach us because you're the parent in the household, but nobody taught us. And then that's when, like I said, I think the extended family kind of stepped in and they kept started doing our hair, buying mm -hmm. us clothes, kind of keeping up on top of our hygiene for yeah. us, like take a bath, take a shower. And like I said, again, I came into it upon myself once I got maybe 12 or 13 and was able to support myself a little, buy clothes and shoes and things. And I wanted to smell nice and I didn't want the kids to talk about me. It was bad yeah. enough that I was a fat kid and a fat teenager. So they, are, they were already bullying me. Right. So I really came into more of the self-care awareness Yeah. outside of my family when I was, like I said, 12 or 13. You know what? You have just totally reframed this part of the conversation because I, you know, we were, it was going to be labeled family, which is still relevant, but this is like the origin story because what you just shared, I just realized that we need to talk about the origins of self care because I have di slightly different, but along the same line as like, when the hell did I figure out what self care was? You made up some really good points because, you know, I, I, I am, we'll, we'll get into our duchess and princess of self-care later, <laughs> but I've always been attracted to glamour and all that sort of thing. But looking at my upbringing, again, raised in a cult, you did not wear makeup. There was no talk about, um, yeah, your appearance did not matter, but it did. You had to look like everybody else in the, in the religion, in the community. You had to look the same. Um, but look, I got my period when I was nine and how did it my mom gave me books and I looked at the books and put them in my closet because she never talked to me about it I mean we did have sex ed we had sex ed like a year after I went through puberty <laughs> no, that was the only problem <laughs> it was like grade need, five and I went through it in grade four so by the time yeah. they by the time all that came up everyone's like oh Lenora you I bet you went through puberty and here's me with like a full set of boobs at 10 going no because <laughs> I did not know what to do with myself. Um, but but what you shared, I'm like, oh my goodness. Again, a slightly different story, but same pain. They, My parents chose this organization to raise their kids in. We were raising it from birth. It was a cult. No other way to describe it. The worst in the sense that you have no... There's no support. There's no actual conversation about what's going on. So I can, I, I'm just going to speculate what my mother went through. Suddenly she's got this nine-year-old who's developing rapidly and 
you're not in an environment where you talk about sexuality. You're not in an environment mm-hmm. where like where you're allowed to speak positively about your body changing. And all of a sudden I'm realizing men are looking at me differently and it makes me feel uncomfortable. And just for the right, like I've, I've never been abused. I've never had, luckily never had any of those experiences, but I remember feeling very uncomfortable in my childhood because I had the body of an adult very young and, did not understand why people were looking at me a certain way. So then we talk about hygiene and self-care and you're like, you know, I mean, my hair was in a braid all the time. I always wear dresses. Nothing really changed in that department, but I show cleavage now, um, you know, but <laughs> like, but taking care of yourself. So what did I do? I started stealing magazines and reading <laughs> mm-hmm. or going to the, li- well, first it was going to the library and then around like 13, no 12 when I moved down to, down to uh, the, close to where I live now, I started stealing magazines and reading like, and, and like, uh, was it 17 magazine? I think that's what it was. 17 magazine. Uh, yeah, that is where I started reading. Like, cause you know, like just keeping yourself clean. I mean, I wasn't necessarily like I had a bath and stuff. Like I knew to do that. Like I was taught to do that, but shaving and everything and, and preening and yes, all of that stuff and, and, and perfume even, and all that. But even the period thing, because I mean, like my, I don't remember having much of a discussion with my mom about it, but I mean, I probably had PCOS very, very young because it was just always a mess. And you're just, you're just embarrassed. And there's the problem is like, there's no one to talk to about it. How I was raised, you did not talk about it. There's no support. And I did, I was not raised around family because my parents segregated us from family because nobody was involved in the religion. So we lived somewhere else. I didn't like, I saw my grandmothers, but I didn't have aunts or like, I didn't have any female role models that could were willing to guide me on any of this stuff. So, you know, my mom, like, I don't really know what she thought. I, maybe it's just a parenting thing. Maybe she didn't feel supported. She didn't know what to do with a daughter like Lenora because I wasn't the easiest kid. And I went, you know, again, went through stuff really early. So you're just floundering. (laughs) You know, you're just like, yeah. what do we do? This is where I'm at and I got to do something, but I don't know what. So, uh, and the funny thing is, I think my extended family kind of undertook my sister. Like I said, I got maybe a couple of things here and there. Like sometimes my hair would get done and they buy me clothes, mm-hmm. but I think they kind of undertook her and kind of left me in the lurch. Cause you know, she's the oldest, I'm the youngest. Okay. Maybe they figured my mom would take the reins. She didn't. Yeah. So, and then, of course, my sister got pregnant early, mm-hmm. like 15. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. And I'm 10. And it's like, I don't really have a frame of reference about that either. No full right. understanding. Yeah. Nobody's talking to me. I'm just like, all this stuff is happening around me. Yeah. And nobody's talking to me. And I'm having to figure these things out, my own sexuality. And mm-hmm. that is also part of self-care. Yep. Um. And I did eventually figure that out. <laughs> I won't get too deep. I'm still figuring to... mine out. Good for you. <laughs> it's so freaking complicated. I don't know. Well, the way going. the way dating is going, we'll talk about what's, that. What's but... Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I just was like, did my? I'm trying to remember. Did my sister talk to me? I don't really remember her sitting me down and having a talk. I really think I had to figure it out on my own or maybe the, the nurse or somebody taught taught me about it. Yeah. Cuz eventually I figured out pads and everything and yeah. menstruation eventually. 
but I don't remember my mother specifically telling me about it. I think maybe, I think maybe she got me a box and I think she expected me just to figure it out. Here's some pads. There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Ooh, okay, so <laughs> did you did you guys have sex ed in school? I think maybe there was a class. Okay. Really because I mean it. there there is a bit of an age difference between the two of us and we're mm -hmm. different countries. So I you know I don't know what the American school system is like because I, I know <laughs> well I have an okay let me nah. go. I, I have an idea <laughs> of what some areas of the educational system is like. Um but okay. Uh, all right. It was, a, I think, maybe a class or two, and that was it. I didn't mm -hmm. learn anything from there either. Yeah, I literally had to figure out the things that was happening with my body and what okay. I was feeling on my own. So, so now, okay. So those are that's our the beginning of you know what we're talking about self care now. How has that affected you throughout your life? I mean just like to where you are now, like what you've gone through and I guess, has it made you more independent in figuring out what works for you instead of, you know, kind of looking to outside sources and just talking about like what self-care of any level, like how did, how did that influence or did it like, what what's your thought on that? It influenced all of us as kids. There are three of us and we were like, we do not want to be like our mom. It was embarrassing. So I think all of us to a point, I don't know about my brother, but I know my sister and myself, we're just hypervigilant okay. about staying clean and yeah. cleaning up and keeping our bodies clean and washing clothes and making sure things aren't dirty. Mm -hmm. We became the complete opposite. And okay. I know, you know, like I said, I've struggled with self-care during mental health challenges, but... And I'm really actually not the best cleaner. So unfortunately, I kind of got that from my mom. I don't really like cleaning. But cl not cleaning my, isn't my fun. Thing. <laughs> it is not. And my mother certainly didn't like to do it. Mm. But as I said, coming from the background I did, I didn't want to be seen as slovenly. Right. Or yeah. coming, somebody coming over my house and they're like, ew, it's nasty. And mm -hmm. people usually compared me or said I was going to be like my mom because, you know, we were both heavy and we looked alike. And they were like, mm, she's going to be just like her mom. And I'm like, the mm. hell I am. Yeah. So, you know, that's how it made me. Okay. Hypervigilant about everything. Body yeah. cleanliness. Cleaning up. Making sure everything was just so and tidy. There were times, like I said, I especially once I started living on my own and I was divorced that I kind of let some things go because I could. Because it's just me. Yeah. And I can kind of go by the wayside. But if I had company or something, I was cleaning up. I was making sure I was showered and fresh. And especially after I got divorced, uh, things really kicked into gear with self-care because I was dating and dealing with men again. Right. And so, and, you know, having sex and everything. And so mm -hmm. that really just flipped a switch. Well, even after I moved out at age 23. Yeah. I was hypervigilant about keeping my place clean and my body clean and everything like that because I didn't want to end up like my mom or have people talk about me after coming over my house. Yeah. So that's how it affected me. We okay. went the complete opposite direction. Right. At least again, me and my sister. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I like when it comes to house, I am not like I'm artistic. So I'm naturally very, very messy. But around the age of 26, after a couple of apartments and then just having a career crash and like getting rid of everything I own. So all my possessions fit in a little car. 
um, I learned how to be clean in my house, like my keep my house clean. Mm-hmm. I mean, I body. I think I think by the time I was sixteen, I got it together. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because like bring it back to to teenagehood and stuff because. You know, up until the age of 16, I was fighting with my parents constantly because of how we were raised. And, you know, it was so restrictive. And I was I was rebelling. I'm like, wait a sec. I want I want to dye my hair. I want to go to a dance. I want to go to a movie. I want to have friends, <laughs> you know. And so that and, and my parents ended up putting me in anger management because they didn't know what to do with me. They thought I was mad. I was. But it turns out I had a right to be mad. So the therapist side, my parents, I remember this the three of us were sitting in the counselor's office. Um, she was a lovely Jamaican woman. Finally, someone that under that explained race to me. So, you know, you know this, but some people might not. I'm biracial, black dad, white mother. That also why is why there was a disconnect between me and my mother, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm white passing, but I'm brown. And so like, I'm actually darker in person than what I look like on screen here. And uh, no one associated us with as mother and daughter. But mm. she was the first person to explain to me what race was because my parents didn't talk about color. They didn't talk about race. My dad acts like he's a white person, but he's clearly not. Like, it's, it's very mm. complicated. Um, but she explained to me why there's a disconnect and how, much you know, there's a lack of understanding. And that helped. And so with that, and also when she heard about what, how our parents were raising us, my parents were raising me. And what we were not allowed to do and why she told them, you have to let your daughter live because she's like, you're sure there's nothing wrong with your daughter. Heck, I had a violin teaching studio at that point for a year already. Like I was an overachiever. I was not doing anything wrong. (laughs) Um, But once I was allowed, I had permission to dye my hair. I, I had that classic montage in grade 10 where I was like completely weird I came back from Christmas break and I was like a glamour bot. Like I, cause I, over that period of time, like it was like one of those scenes. I, I cut my hair a bit. I dyed it red. I got to do like glitter makeup. Like I got to do it all. And I just went back to second semester like this. <laughs> a completely different person on the outside. A completely different person on the outside. And I was so happy. And that was the, that really kicked it in for me because I had permission. I had permission to express myself physically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I still wore long dresses and, you know, I, I mean, again, that hasn't really changed, but like, I, I got to, I got to finally, like, instead of wishing and hoping like I could look a certain way or just present myself as like, I actually got to do it. And so from then on, I mean, even when I went back to that organization for a while, I was still wearing heels and, you know, I just, I did my own thing. I didn't really wear makeup, but, you know, I, I, I owned myself more. So that, that really did help. And that, I mean, you know, anyone that knows me, like self-care is like top priority, but that, that started there. It started at 16 and, you know, I guess it comes down to having permission, giving yourself permission, because, you know, when you're a kid, you're, you're. You like we don't know. We didn't know like what we we're supposed to do. No one said anything. So you're yeah, we're floundering, figuring it out. But then when it hits, it's like you are allowed to do this. And I think even as adults, when it comes to self-care and however you got there or are getting there, it's like give yourself permission to take care of yourself in whatever way you want to do it. You know? And this goes for any gender. Like 
it's okay to want to feel okay about yourself and look good, smell good, feel good, whatever, you know, but it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's those moments and that like, they're, they're so important. And, you know, it's, th this is actually making me feel <laughs> kind of emotional. Cause I just bring up some things. Oh yeah. Bringing up yeah. some massive feelings right now. Um, because it's it, like, in a way it's sad. Like, you, you feel you feel sad like I, I don't feel embarrassed by anything now because it's a little long time but you just I'm like oh my god <laughs> yeah no when I was you know when I first started talking about it and I went back and I'm like oh my god that was the first time that we were shown oh that's yeah that was embarrassing and then I came into my own as I got older I think the princess stuff started when I was about 12 or 13. yeah I mean my favorite cartoon was Jim. You know, this gorgeous pink haired rock star with all these mm -hmm. beautiful women. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And I started mm -hmm. dressing and utilizing self care as such, buying dresses and stuff that match, shoes that match, yeah. pantyhose. I, very, nice. I became very girly, girly because yeah. this is how I wanted to express myself. And like you, when I fell into self-care and leaned into it, I was like, ooh, I like this. Mm -hmm. Now, the boys may not look or whatever, but I get a compliment or two, but I like feeling this way. I like yes. wearing my, yeah. my what is it, my mint-colored satin peplum dress. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. It was the 80s. It was the 80s. <laughs> ooh, shoot. Wow. I don't know. It might be back in style now. For so I look back on that period of the beginning was real rough. The yeah. middle was shaky. But once I got it, man, I got it. And yeah. I'm still that way. That's awesome. So I'm yeah. grateful that I did get it. Because some people, they go in between. They yeah. get it, then they lose it. Then they get it, then yeah. they lose it. But then that could be because of other factors and such and again mental health as we discussed may also have something to do with it but yeah my family didn't really teach me what i needed to really know they may have done some things but yeah. i eventually really figured it out myself you know and, and, and i guess i mean like what when you think when i think about it that way just how i guess maybe this is why i feel a need to like express this part of me so much i mean by this you know for anyone that's kind of familiar with me you know i show up in different color wigs i'm i put on a glamorous appearance because well first of all years ago it made me comfortable being public about being child free and podcasting and stuff and now i mean it's it's the part of me that i always feel inside and this has been a great outlet for me to 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 do it i i don't need to do it anymore but i'm going to because it's just fun but a part of it I realize is like by just showing up and having fun with it, because I hear from from people like you know what it's it's I kind of want to maybe not do exactly what you're doing, but just allow myself to indulge in certain things or feel okay with expressing myself in a certain way. Because look, I grew up where glitter was bad, rhinestones are bad, makeup is bad, nails are bad, this is bad, that's bad. Looking at anybody's wow. bad, like you know. So it's like you're going to hell for all of it. Like I just just by me showing up in a dress that shows like is tight, shows my boobs and shows my knees, and you know I I'm like straight going to hell. 
Wow. I'm not, but this is this is how I was taught. So it's like when when everything has been suppressed, and my natural um, uh, personality is flamboyant. Look, like Elton John is my favorite person on the planet. You know, that says <laughs> a lot right then and there, <laughs> doesn't it? Like, you know, I I feel like we're soulmates. So, and and uh, like I think the first time I was in grade four when I saw a photo of him in platforms and glasses and like sitting at a piano, I'm like, who is that? Like, you know, that's for me. <laughs> yes, that is for me. So it, there's been a natural inclination towards something that I was taught was wrong. And so in my normal fashion, I go and pursue it. <laughs> wrong or not, <laughs> I'm going this after this. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm well at this point where I'm like, I'm just showing up that way. And I know that it, it just, somehow like will inspire the people that need to be inspired to show up how they want to show up it's okay and it doesn't even have to be a religion thing it's like it's okay to do it and you you all get there in your own journey you know and so also i wanted to ask you about that like you know i never feel it's too late for anybody but let's mm -hmm. say someone has gone through a significant point of our life because look I'm about to turn 40. You are in your 40s. We both look at least a decade younger, but we are a women of a certain age and we yes. own it and we're fine yes. with it. But I realize that there could be somebody our age or whatever close to that has not hit that point of allowing self-care yet. So, mm -hmm. and I, I, there's no part of me that thinks that there's, it's too late for anybody, you know? So I just want to like, words of encouragement or like what what are your thoughts on you know someone kind of figuring out later in life i say go for it lean into it if yeah. you're feeling you want to express yourself in a certain way do it if you feel like you're a princess and you like being spoiled and pampered oh i gotta get my nails done i gotta get my hair done i like makeup i like perfume go full force into it because first and foremost, you got to make yourself a priority. You've got to do what makes you happy. Yeah. Find happiness within, pleasure within. And if you want to go the opposite way, you can do that too. Nothing is set in stone here. Mm -hmm. Do what works for you. And yeah. if you're just coming into the self-care journey, figure out what makes you feel good. Because that is part of self-care, feeling good. Yes. Not just looking good or smelling good, feeling good about how you're going about this. What yes. are you doing to beautify yourself, make your body feel good? Mm -hmm. You've got to figure out what it is step by step. And it's yeah. okay yeah. to do what you to do whatever you want to do as far as self-care. If you want to soak in the tub and you feel that, well, that's my self-care and that's enough, cool. If yeah. you want to dress up and all that and go out. Or and shop in heels and, and and a nice dress. Yes. Do that. Yeah. Do the self-care that fulfills you, makes you happy. It's like this is my happy point. And I don't care about yeah. anybody else. I'm gonna go and be me. Express yourself. Don't repress yourself. Cause that sucks. As oh, Laura was just talking about. She, you know, was very restricted mm -hmm. and repressed, and it'll come out in other ways. Yeah. So be free with whatever you want to do at whatever age you are discovering yourself mm -hmm. and what you need for self-care, what yeah. would make you feel good outside of just looking good because it's a spiritual thing too. That's another topic. It but is. Oh, we need to add that to the list. <laughs> yeah. Spirituality is also a form of self-care. Totally. Not religion per se. That's, no. another, that's another thing. But your own spiritual well-being is also a form of self-care. Yeah, 
And you know, because you had brought up like the performative aspect of it before. Mm -hmm. And and I when you said feeling, I feel that is when it's genuine. You can look, which is the performative aspect of it. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's all we can get to. There are yeah. some days where it's like, you know what, like I'm feeling I'm not feeling it, but I'll put on something glittery, I'll put on a nice dress, I'll I'll put on extra makeup or whatever. And I'm not necessarily feeling it, but I'm like, well, I'm presenting this. That's okay. It's better than, to me, it's better than not doing anything because that would make me feel worse. And I'm not saying that you have to do, anyone has to do that. But for me personally, I'm like, if that's all I can get to this day, fine. And usually I kind of perk up a bit as I go along. But right. when you feel it, when you feel it, and when I feel it, I actually don't have to do very much <laughs> on the outside. When you, you know? feel it, you own it. You do. Like, I got you do. this. Yeah, this is and, me. <laughs> yeah, and and how people respond to you, or like, you know, what? I try and do that even when I know I'm not leaving the house. Like, and that's that's what it's come to because, like, I like my home life. I like where I live. I like that I I live by myself. But even when I didn't live by myself, I did make it a priority. Actually, this really segues into the next relationship conversation. But you know, like, I I really made it a priority to find a space wherever I was living where I could at least even have that feeling just by myself in my little corner <laughs> or in my car, you know, because, you know, a lot of times we are, we're not gonna, we're not operating or living the way we really want to. We have to get there, but that doesn't mm -hmm. mean we can't have those feelings on the journey to get to where we want to be. You know, like I'm, exactly. I'm at a point in my life where I absolutely love, has my life always been this way? No. There's no guarantee it's going to stay this way. <laughs> but what I do know is like those feelings I've, I've been working on, I've spent, I put a lot of effort into getting this feeling so that when my outward life does not necessarily match what I want, I can still somewhat feel how I want to feel. And I think that is like, that's the key. That's really, yeah, when you own it and you're like, all right, got to deal with shit, but you know what? <laughs> I can do this, you know? Exactly. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.